17 until chapter 4, verse 1. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to read until from chapter uh, 3, verse 17 until chapter 4, verse 1. And we continue with that title of uh, a true disciple. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of you, I've often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. And this is God's word. Let us pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we thank you. We thank you, Father, even as we draw near to your word. Um, we pray that you speak to us, that you convict us, O oh God, you encourage us, you correct us, and, and train us in righteousness, that we may come to know you truly, come to serve you truly, O oh God. We pray that you glorify your name in our lives as we, as we hear your word. Be with me as I declare it. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. So we, the last time I was on the pulpit, I, I, I almost said last week, uh, last week I was not here. Uh, the last time I was on the pulpit, we were on uh, Philippians chapter 3, and we, we, we read uh, verses 17 until chapter 4, verse 1. And we, we wanted to look at three marks of a true disciple, right? Um, but then we, we, we looked at the first that a true disciple knows the examples to follow, right? And we saw in, 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 in verses 17 uh, until verse, um, verse 19, um, Paul showing us what godly examples to follow and what ungodly examples to reject and, 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 and not to, to follow. These are, are things that Paul is, is bringing before the church in Philippi. And, 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 and he continues again. We look at um, the last two points. The, 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 uh, what are um, the, the marks of a true disciple? The, the second point of, of a true disciple, of the mark of a true disciple, is that a true disciple knows his or her true citizenship. Look at verses 20 and 21. A true disciple knows his or her true citizenship. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. You see, a true disciple of the Lord knows that he or she is not of this world. It is as if that song that, that, that used to be sung, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. That is a true disciple. They know that this world is not home. Even though they are currently living in this world, they, they live as strangers and as aliens because there is a better country for them. 
In contrast with the, the godly people that are mentioned in verse 19, whose minds are set on earthly things. Their minds are set on heavenly things. A, a true disciple is looking heavenward. And that is what characterizes um, um, uh, those who, are com who have committed their lives to following Christ. Paul brings out the, uh, this idea in, in, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. He, he says this, listen to this. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So, so the idea that Paul brings out here is that the indication that one is in Christ is when they set their minds on things that are above rather than things on earth. And, and we understand this as we see, uh, we understand this to be the case as we see Paul in, 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 in chapter 3 verse 20 when, when he says, but your citizenship is in heaven. This gives us an idea of our position here in the world. The, the, the church is a colony of heaven. Let, let, me, let me try to, to explain that. Although we are in this country and obey the rules of this country, but our ultimate ruler is God. When, when you look back in history, when most of Africa was colonized by the Brits, a small village in Africa would be under the control of the queen who was not even in Africa. Even though she had never set foot in the village, the laws of the village, or, 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 of the village chief were, were important. But if they came under direct contradiction with the laws of the, of the queen, the laws of the queen would trump over the laws of the village chief. And this is the same with us. Although we are in this world, our citizenship is not of this world. So when the rules of this world come under direct contradiction with God's word, we uphold and keep God's word as citizens of, of heaven. Many years ago, a, a, a man visited his longtime friend, a, a British military uh, officer stationed in an African jungle. One day when, a friend, when the friend entered the, the officer's hut, he, he was surprised to see him dressed in, in formal attire and seated at a table beautifully set with, beautiful set with silverware and fine china. The, the visitor, thinking that his friend might have lost his mind because he's been spending time in the jungle, he asked him why he, he was all dressed up and seated at a table so, so magnific magnificently arrayed out in the middle of nowhere. The officer responded this way. Listen to this. He says, once a week I follow this routine to remind myself of who I am, a British citizen. I want to maintain the customs of my real home and live according to the codes of British conduct. No matter how those around me live, I want to avoid substituting a foreign culture for that of my homeland. Christians should have the same concern. Our true citizenship is in heaven. So we must beware of substituting the foreign culture of this world for our real homeland culture. 
We are not to take uh, uh, the, the sinful ways and, and adopt the values of this world because we are not of this world. We, we need to live in such a way that others will see that we are different. And we need to remember that we are strangers in this world and citizens of heaven. And naturally, a stranger and, and an alien who, who is living in a land not their own has a longing for home, right? They, they have a, a longing for, 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 for home. They, 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 they want home because home is in the heart. And that is the point that Paul is making here. He, he, he says, from heaven we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's, there's that eager, eagerness in our hearts. There's, there's that missing in our hearts. We, we're missing heaven. We, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. You see, the, the, the bodily return of Jesus Christ in power and glory is one of the most frequently emphasized truths in the New Testament. It is mentioned in every book of the New Testament except Galatians, which, which deals with a particular doctrinal matter and, and, and the short books of, of Philemon and 2nd and, and 3rd John. That's why it's, it's, not, it's not mentioned. But besides that, it's mentioned everywhere in the, in the New um, in the New Testament. So here, while there may be a debate of, of the particulars of, of, of what will happen in terms, in terms of eschatology, in terms of the last things that will happen, there is no debate over the certainty of his bodily return, of the fact that he will return. Uh, just as he promised that he will come the first time to die for our sins and, and kept his word, so he promised to return. And when he comes, it will be in power to rule and reign. And two things will happen as we look at this passage. First, he will transform our lowly body. He will transform our lowly body, which are to subject, which are, sub, are, are subject to disease and, and death and, and, and prone towards sin. And he will conform them into conformity to his resurrection body. This will involve not only an outward physical transformation in which we receive bodies not subject to disease and death, but also an inward spiritual transformation in which we are delivered finally and forever from all sin. And if you wonder how God will do it, Paul simply states that it is by the exertion of the power that he has, he, he has, even, he has even to subject all things to himself. And that's the second thing that will happen when Jesus comes. He will subject all things to himself. And if you are not willing now to, to subject yourself to him, you will be forced into subjection to him. His enemies will bow before him and acknowledge him. He will, he will reign as king of kings and, and lord of lords. And because of this, you should make certain that you are in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ now. So that when he comes, as you, uh, he will come as your savior and not as your judge. You see the, 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 the difference? When you are subjected to him now, he comes as, sa as, as your savior. Uh, when you are not subjected to him, he, he comes as your judge. It is safe to say that the, the extent to which we 
await for his coming now reveals the condition of our hearts before him. The citizens of heaven long for his appearing. If you're a Christian and you're truly a Christian, you have that longing for the coming of Christ, right? You, you have that longing for Christ. If you're not truly a Christian, you, you don't want him to come. <laughs> the, 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 there's a man who was preaching. I, 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 I was there. I heard him. He, he said, Lord, don't come now. Don't, don't come now. You can't come now while we are still driving Unos. And by that time, I don't have an Uno. I want an Uno. <laughs> you can't come now while we're still driving Unos. Like, Really? must he come when we are driving BMWs and, and call us to himself and say well done good and successful servant is, the, is that what he's going to say to us the Bible doesn't say so right it, it is well done good and faithful servant so uh, uh, the, the extent to which we expect the lost coming or, 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 or don't reveals the condition of our hearts and not only uh, as, 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 as a true disciple, do, do you know your, 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 your true citizenship and, and long for the coming of Christ? Not only that, but as a true disciple of Christ, the, the, the third thing that you do is that you stand firm in the Lord. You, you stand firm in the Lord. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. Paul says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I wonder we don't, why we don't have it on the slide. You see, when epistles were, were originally written, they, they had no chapter and verse breaks. So they, 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 they were written as a whole. They, they were read in one setting. When, when, when Philippians was written, it had no chapter one until chapter four. It, it, it was one book that was um, that did not have breaks. So the, the, there was a there was a there was a logical flow from one point of focus to the next. So we have been accustomed. We have accustomed ourselves to 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 to, to see the Bible from the chapter and verse um, point of view, which is a good thing because it helps us to navigate our way. Uh, through books that we, we read in the Bible and to find a way, uh, our place easily, right? It, it helps us to do that. But sometimes, uh, not mostly, it, it happens uh, infrequently. Sometimes we, 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 we see how chapter breaks, uh, they, 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 they break the flow of thought. And this is the case here in chapter 4, verse 1. It, it, it is the case because... When, when we look at this passage, the, the verse is connected with the previous verses. It, it is not connected with the coming verses. It, it has nothing to do with the coming verses. It, it, it is connected with what, what Paul was saying in chapter 3, verse 17 to, to 21. It, it is the concluding remark of what he was saying. When, when you look at this verse in light of that, Paul, Paul's implication is that because Jesus Christ is the savior of the body 
and, and because Jesus Christ has an eternal destiny for this body, and, and because this body through, throughout all eternity will serve a purpose in the plan of God and will be an instrument through which God will manifest his glory forever, we have a responsibility to God as to how we use this body now. Whereas these false teachers... These, these people who are were, who were walking as enemies of the cross are, are telling Philippians that it doesn't matter how they live, that it doesn't matter what they do with their bodies. Paul says it does matter. It, it does matter in, light, in the light of, of the purpose of God that, that God has for this body in the redemption that is provided by the Savior. It matters what we do with our bodies. There is no division between the body and the spirit. Where we can say, you know, the spirit is the saved part. The body is not saved. The body can, 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 can do whatever it wants. Paul says it matters. Right? It matters. When God saves a man, he saves him fully. He says, therefore, my brothers, who I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I love those words. It is evident at the glance of this verse how, how Paul loved these Christians in, in Philippi. How he had a longing for them. How, how he loved and long, longed for them. That's what he says. He says again, you are my joy and my crown. And, and with this, we, we come to understand his command to them when he says, stand firm in the Lord. It, it is a command that comes from a heart of love. See, when you love someone and, 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 and see that there's something that has, a, that has a potential of endangering them, you, you don't look from the sidelines to see what will happen to them and, and how they will deal with that situation. No, you, you, you warn them, right? You, 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 you warn them because you love them. So the, the, these words that, that Paul commands them to, it, it, they come from a heart that is longing for them, a heart that loves them, a, a heart that calls them and says to them, they are my crown and, and my joy. Paul sees that, uh, that these people uh, have a potential of endangering themselves. And, and so the, the, these false teachers who were enemies of the cross, who lived self-indulgent lives, could sway them away from the Lord. And so Paul calls them to stand firm in the Lord. I don't have much to say on this, but remember this. Christianity is knowing Christ himself. And being found in him. He, he is our wisdom. He, he is our righteousness. Our, our sanctification. Our, our redemption. He is our all in all. He is our sufficiency for every need. For, he is our refuge. Our, our rock in, in times of trouble. Therefore, in light of that, in, in light of that very fact, we need to stand firm in the Lord. He calls them to stand firm in the Lord, there are times when people want to give up in the Lord, right? 
that that times when we feel weary there there are times when we, we we don't know if we should continue anymore with this with this relationship with the lord because challenges are coming from every direction right sicknesses uh, uh, difficulties trials are coming from every direction there, there are times when you just don't know what to do but paul looks at these people and says stand firm in the lord Stand firm in the Lord. It, 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 is, it is a word that they needed to hear. It, it, it is a word that when they were straying or, or, or on the slippery slope of falling into sin, on the slippery slope on, of, 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 of leaving the Christian faith, they, they had to be reminded that there is Christ, the solid rock in which we should stand. And, and all other ground that we want to stand on is, is sinking sand. They, they needed to hear that we need to stand on, on Christ alone, right? That's what we need to hear each and every day as, as true disciples. You see, as a citizen of, of heaven, these are things that you need to hear. And, and let me ask you this morning, are you a citizen of heaven? Are you a citizen of heaven right now? Can, can you uh, uh, say confidently that I am a citizen of heaven? You see, you can only become such through birth, the, the, the new birth. Just as you, as you could not do anything to bring about your, your physical birth, you, you cannot do anything as well to bring about your spiritual birth. It, it must come from the Lord. Just as he, 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 is powerfully, he is powerful to raise the dead and to subject everything to himself, when, when he comes again, so, so he's powerful now to raise the dead spiritually and impart new life to them. All who come upon him. All who come to him. He can even now take your rebellious heart and, and bring it into submission to him through his mighty power. Right? Scripture promises in Romans chapter 10 verse 13. It says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This morning, if this is not you and you, you see that I am not a citizen of heaven and you, you can tell the, the testimony of your heart uh, 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 testifies to you that uh, I, I have nothing to do with these things. Uh, these things are not true for me. These things are not true in my heart. Cry out to him for new birth. Uh, our test our text here is especially a warning to those who profess to be Christians, but who really are living as citizens of this earth, living for self and, and pleasure with no view of the coming of the Lord. I, I, I can think of nothing more tragic 
than, than to profess to be a Christian, to be, to be involved in serving Christ and to stand before him one day and say, Lord, Lord, did, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles and only to hear those horrifying words from the Lord when he says to me, I never, never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Make sure that your citizenship is truly in heaven. Make sure of that. Then live as a citizen of heaven, not as a citizen of this earth. Amen. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we, we thank you, Father, for your word. For, for showing us what a true citizen is, a true disciple. I pray that you work in our hearts and, and call us to yourself, O oh God. If we are not citizens, O oh God, we may see you as the one who, who gives us rest, truly gives us rest, for we are restless until we find our rest in you. God, bring us to yourself, O oh God. Teach us your ways, teach us your truth. Teach us to walk in you, to love and honor you. In Jesus' blessed name we pray all this. Amen.